A quick Google search reveals that most of us are stressed about work. Depending on whose research you read, around half of us love our jobs about as much as dental work. We're leaving our families each morning to commute to a place we don't like to do things that make us unhappy. This probably comes as no surprise, and I suspect it hasn't changed much over the last half century. What's changed, though, is how we deal with it. G'day, it's Peter, and welcome to Office Anywhere, a podcast about working and living on your terms, whether that's cutting coat on the deck of a Balinese villa, crafting ad copy from a cafe in Portland, Oregon, or building websites from a home office in Melbourne, Australia. If you've had enough of the daily commute and the limitations that working in an office imposes, or you're already working remotely but you want to explore some of the doors that it opens for you, then this is the podcast for you. To learn more about Office Anywhere, just go to officeanywhere.co. Since Tim Ferriss published his seminal book, it seems everyone wants to quit their job, drink margaritas and work four hours a week. I reckon we're being too hasty though. That part of our dissatisfaction stems not from what we do, but how we do it. I believe our environment has a greater impact on the way we feel about our work than the function we perform while working. In other words, many of us don't need to quit our job, we just need to change how and where we do it. Granted, there are myriad exceptions to this. A lot of jobs can't be done somewhere else, but plenty can. I also know from experience that an exciting job can turn sour if one of your colleagues turns out to be an asshole, especially if she's your boss. Likewise, an ordinary job can take on a new luster if your environment undergoes a favourable change. I'll give you an example. When I met my wife, she worked at a prestigious accounting firm that serviced Fortune 500 companies. She made good money, and as something of a mathematical genius, she had a bright future ahead of her. But it was mind-numbing work, marred by rigid protocols, dressed in corporate grey. When she left to buy a dirty little Asian grocery, she was happier than a pig in mud. The work was harder and the hours were longer, but it was hers. Over the course of a year, she reshaped the environment into one she was proud of, and then she sold it for a profit. She did this twice more, each time improving and then selling the business, until she arrived at the perfect arrangement, working from home on terms that suited her. Today, she owns a lucrative online business. She spends her days fulfilling orders, answering emails, and packing boxes. For extra fun, she sometimes spends an hour sticking bulk purchase stamps onto envelopes. It's not exciting, but because she does it from home with a view of the pool and the local bird life, she loves it. She treats the stamps on envelopes exercise like meditation. If she did this kind of work inside a windowless factory in an industrial estate, she'd probably have to kill herself. I know I would. I'm much the same, really. If I had to work in a rigid office environment with fluoro lighting and weekly meetings, my job would be so painful, I'd have quit a decade ago. But because I do it from anywhere I like, I really only need a laptop and some internet, well, I've remained creative, focused, and happy for 22 years in the same job. So in celebration of the life-affirming benefits of working how, where, and when you want, I thought I'd give you a rundown of my favorite places to do great work. And none of them required me to quit my job. The first is my car. I've been driving since I was eight years old. That's honestly true when I started. That's when my dad started teaching me on local dirt tracks down in Mount Martha. By the time I was 12, I was driving a fully loaded van with a trailer and two motorbikes through the Victorian high country on camping trips. I loved cars, and few things make me happier than a full tank of juice and a dot on a map a thousand kilometres away. Whenever I'm stuck on a project or I need to flesh out an idea... I jump in my car and I drive out to the country. 
While I'm driving, I record all of my thoughts and ideas into the voice memo app on my phone. By the time I'm in the hills, I've usually gotten everything out and refined my thoughts to a point where I can document them and create some structure around the problem. I'll stop at a park or a cafe and transcribe my voice memos into a document on my laptop. Once I have that, then I begin setting out the tasks necessary to bring my project to life. This approach remains one of my most productive exercises. It's how the ideas behind Office Anywhere and the course that I've been building all began. It's how I formulate marketing strategies, how I plan exhibitions, how I design websites and define functional specs. It's how all my best ideas take their initial form. Another place that I really enjoy is a park bench, about 40 kilometres from my house. It's one of my favourite places to work. Years ago, I spent a week at a place called Lake McCohen in central Victoria, about 200 kilometres from my home. Each day, I'd drive there early in the morning and record my ideas as I went. I'd then spend the rest of each day at a picnic table beside the lake, creating the specs for the software that I was designing. It was one of the most productive weeks I've ever had in my life. No distractions, plenty of fresh air, and hours and hours of deep, uninterrupted work. These days, I have a new favourite spot, just 40 k's from home. The views are better, and I still get 45 minutes of thinking time in the car. When Office Anywhere was born, I was seated at a park bench under an old elm tree, looking out to the glass blue waters of Yanyin Reservoir. Another one of my favourite spots is my garage. Up until a few months ago, I had a ritual that involved red wine, a cigar and a small plate of vintage cheese. At around six each evening, I'd take these items and my laptop into my garage and I would write. Many of my earlier blog posts came from there, as did much of my first book. It's far enough away to be distraction-free, but close enough if I'm needed for something. I also love that I'm surrounded by things that make me smile. My camping gear, my motorbike, and my car. Tommy's motorbike now lives there too, which is a new kind of happy feeling. Nowadays, the cigars and the cheese are gone, but the Shiraz remains. Two glasses of alcohol a day are said to reduce the risk of heart attack, stroke, and cancer by percentages in the double digits, so I'm sticking with it. Plus, it's easier to write with wine. It just is. Another is the dining room. I like to be up at dawn or before dawn. Our dining room bifolds look out to the east, towards the deck and the sunrise. Dawn has always been a special time for me, thanks to my previous life as a magazine photographer. The magic hours of dawn and dusk are when some of the best photographs are made, especially landscape photos, and I've spent hundreds of them in locations around the country waiting for the right moment to click the shutter. So my days always begin here with a cup of Assam Bold laced with Manuka honey. If it's summer, the deck is where you'll find me. After half an hour, it's then on to writing. Doing this in the calm of first light is perfect. Everything aligns to make it the best time to do creative work. I usually stop within an hour before moving on to my number one priority for the day, either my website or a product that I'm creating. By 8am, my wife and son are up and the get the little guy after school routine kicks in. After walking back from his school, my normal day begins in my home office. It's been a dream for decades to have a space that's just mine, somewhere to do my best work. My home office has floor-to-ceiling windows on two sides that catch the arc of the sun throughout the day. Greenery surrounds me and everywhere I look, I see things that make me smile. A drawing from my daughter, photos of my family, a huge canvas print of the Flinders Ranges in outback South Australia, taken on a drive across the desert to Perth. A glass-doored cabinet houses my most treasured books from the likes of Seth Godin, Pressfield, Singer, Xander, Frankel, Altucher, 
Gillibo, Clear, Robbins, Crowley, Manson and Ruiz. Lifetimes of wisdom in one place. My fabulous electric height adjustable desk houses the things that I need to do my best work and nothing more. It's not a filing cabinet nor a halfway house for detritus. On it sits my MacBook Pro, a 27-inch Dell monitor, a DAS keyboard and a pair of audio engine A5 Plus speakers. A small box of items and two stacks of papers, one for my current project and one for soon projects, round out the setup. I'm actually sitting here right now, writing the blog post that goes along with this episode, in my Ergo Human V2 chair, looking out at the London plane that I planted five years ago. Rows of Lirio Pevergreens trace an outline of my office, while up to my right sits a million square kilometres of blue sky. I sometimes wonder how I sat in traffic for two hours a day, how I remained sane in my cubicle, or produced anything valuable in that setting. That's why I escaped to places like Lake Macon. It's why I began working from home all those years ago. The bottom line is, I valued my time, my output, and my sanity. Today, my home office is a place where great things happen, distraction-free and fueled by creativity, good coffee, and great music. I can tell you now, wild horses would never drag me away, not even for triple the money. I started out by saying that half of us hate our jobs. As a father of teenage girls, I've had this conversation many times. I tell Amy and Sarah there are three critical elements to happiness at work. Number one, what you do. Number two, where you do it. And number three, how you do it. It's not enough to enter a field you like. If you've dreamed of being an architect, but the environment sucks, or the commute, the people, or the rules suck, well, your life will suck too. Chasing money or a job title, or even an altruistic notion of what a job should be, isn't enough either. You spend most of your waking hours at work, so being happy doing it should be a huge priority. Changing where and how you work can have a massive impact on your relationship to it. Even a tedious job can become a joy once you have agency over your environment and your daily routine. Then life becomes so much easier. The additional free time presents some tantalising options too. So my advice then is simple. You don't need to quit your job to be happy. You might only need to change how and where you're doing it. And if you do change jobs, you might want to give more thought to how and where you'll do it versus how much they'll pay you and what your job title will be. At the end of the day, the happiest people are those who feel like they're in charge of their lives. Controlling how and where you do your work is one of the most profound expressions of that ideal. Anyway, that's enough for me for this week. Thanks a lot for hanging out with me again on the Office Anywhere podcast. You'll find the blog post that goes along with this over at officeanywhere.co slash 96. And until we chat again next week, here's to working and living on your terms. I'll catch you then. See ya.